Welcome to the Florida Model Podcast, brought to you by the Florida Chamber Foundation's Florida Equality of Opportunity Initiative. Through thoughtful conversations with business and community leaders, this podcast explores the 10 root causes of generational poverty and the solutions and promising practices underway to help eradicate them in Florida. Today, we are bringing you a special edition podcast episode featuring a segment from the 2023 Florida Prosperity and Economic Opportunity Solutions Summit led by Dr. Irvin Pedro Cohen, Executive Director of LISC Jacksonville. In this episode, Dr. Cohen discusses justice in housing as root causes of poverty and how LISC Jacksonville is ensuring underrepresented communities are prioritized on the path to prosperity. Good afternoon. Um, As the announcer said, my name is Dr. Irvin Pedro Cohen, and I am the executive director for LISC Jacksonville. And so before I really delve into this idea of the intersectionality of heirs' property and social justice, I wanted to just take a poll around the room and just simply by a show of hands, how many of you all actually know what and who LISC is? All right, not a whole lot of you all. I won't hold that against you. Um, but LISC, by and large, is if I had to describe who and what we are to my, to my mother or father, I would say we are a financial and social intermediary. And what that actually means is that we bring capital specifically to under-resourced communities, and we also bring technical assistance to those very same communities. One of the things that I'm a firm believer in is that you can bring money But if you don't bring access and information to how to distribute said money, you can leave yourself in a bad situation. So not only do we bring one, but we bring the other as well. And what that looks like in essence of our work, it sits under a large tent called family wealth creation. And so I won't belabor you necessarily with what family wealth creation looks like, but it looks like those two things. And for us, it really falls into four fundamental categories. The first being um, our work specifically in the area of appraisal biasness. The second being our work in the area of home repair. Thirdly, our work around new home construction. And fourthly, um, our work in the area of heirs property slash tax abatement. And since many of you all are small business owners, I know you all want to know what does that look like and translate like in terms of real dollars. Um, last year, um, you know, specifically in the area of economic development, that looked like it looked like three million dollars. And in the area of lending, we actually put 13 million dollars of capital back into those very same um, communities. And if you are to um, go just across the Matthews Bridge and look to the left into um, one of our communities called Arlington. It looks like the town and country now College Park Station work there. We were actually able to bring um, capital to where now there will be a full service grocery store where prior to that it was a food desert. But specifically, I've been asked to talk about our work around heirs property. 
And I won't belabor you with what actually Ayers property is. I'll just give kind of give you the 50,000 foot definition of what it is. It's, it really describes a situation where there is not clear title in terms of who owns the home. Just because, you know, you and your sister who you love dearly understood that mom wanted you to have the house doesn't necessarily mean that that house actually belongs to you. There is actually a probate process that has to happen. And, you know, I will, you know, raise my hand and be the first to say that I didn't necessarily know that that had to be a thing until I actually got engaged in this work. But when you do this work, particularly in in, in under-resourced communities where um, information is either purposely not given or unintentionally not given, you understand that that becomes a thing. And in Florida, you know, I, I took it particularly hard because we are so prone to natural disasters such as hurricanes. And there are resources out there that allows people's homes to be repaired that they don't have access to. And so they go to get their homes repaired and then they find out, well, you don't actually own the home. Therefore, you don't qualify to have your home repaired. So LISC as a entity took this on as a thing. And what we discovered was Jacksonville, in particular, Duval County was an outlier of outliers. And when I say we are the outliers of outliers, we were a little worse off than, you know, communities in Mississippi. We were worse off than communities in Alabama. We were worse off than communities in the Rust Belt um, of our country. And we found this out because we engaged, you know, I'm a big believer that your, your research and your work has to be sort of supported by academia. And so we partnered with Auburn University to be able to figure out that if you look at this map here and look at where Duval County actually sits and how it, you know, the darkest shades of red kind of reflect where the issues of Ayers property is. And so Duval County, again, was those, was an outlier of the outliers. What we found is that there are 12,000 rough cases of Ayers property here in Duval County that represents over $2 billion of economic impact to this community. And thus that kind of, you know, precipitated us getting involved in the work of Ayers property. And so with partnerships like Wells Fargo, JP Morgan, the United Way, the Hearst Foundation, we kind of took our work to where in Jacksonville it has the greatest economic impact. And these are some of the zip codes that we have purposely um, launched our heirs property work in um, zip codes 32204, 06, 08, 09, and 54. And if you look at the bottom, if we are to solve, you know, the probability of these air cases, it represents over $169 million of economic impact back into those communities. And so I know you as business owners want to say, well, how are you determining that? Well, what we figured out through working with the Brickens Institute is that for every issue of heirs property that we resolve, it represents $62,000 of dead equity that existed within those residents. Imagine that $62,000 worth of dead equity that exists within those homes. Now, if you think about particularly in communities of color, and I kind of give, give you all an example of the number of African-American homes that we will impact just based upon this data, 77,000 homes 
And what happens in those homes, they do one of two things. They either use that $62,000 to start a business or they send someone off to further their education with that money. And if you think about it from a justice standpoint, people who are educated or have their own business are less likely to engage in issues of crime. So there's a, there's a direct correlation between the work that we are doing in terms of heirs' property and its capacity to impact communities that are impacted by crime. And so we also took a look at just what does that mean? It, communities that have high probabilities of heirs' cases um, generally um, have higher rates of criminality. Communities that have high issues of heirs property generally represent brain drains within those communities. What I mean by brain drains is your smartest people are looking for ways to be out of those communities. And so when we're doing this work, we're doing it with an end goal in mind. And that end goal, again, is generally how do we make communities destinations where people want to live? Again, I won't belabor you with all of the other reasons, but the one thing I want to call your attention to, again, is those five zip codes in our city represent a loss of over $169 million of economic impact. Those are people who are paying taxes. Those are people who are property owners. Those are people who are keeping up their property. And those are people who are not producing a criminal effect in their communities. And so you can see from our vantage point why this made sense for us to actually take on as a part of our larger family wealth creation initiative and why it has a direct relationship to issues of crime and justice. And then when you look at, again, some of the measures of success, we have been very, I call it almost technicians in the spot of our work. We are not doing this, um, as I call it, with an emotional lens to it. We are doing this really with an economic impact and the capacity that this has to change the trajectory on people's lives. And so we want to start out with making heirs property a true issue in our community. And when I, you know, a second ago, I just listed off some of the people um, who have who have seen us do this work and thought it, you know, was a thing to invest in. Um, you know, we want to also look at this from creating a partnership again J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, the city of Jacksonville, the United Way have also um, saw this as an opportunity. And then community um, engagement. We want to make this a part of our larger conversation around how do we change the trajectory of those communities that are under-resourced traditionally and how do we make them destinations where people want to live? You know, I would be remiss if I did not talk specifically or call out my friends from Lift Jacksonville who again are doing this work in traditionally under-resourced communities here in Jacksonville, historically Eastside. So right now, again, we're in five communities that we're doing this work and you've had an opportunity to see um, some of the information and the data that supports the work that we're doing in those spaces. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Florida Model Podcast. To find out more about the Florida Equality of Opportunity Initiative's work to secure the path to prosperity for all Floridians, we invite you to visit our website at flchamber.com forward slash equality FL. 
As a united business community, we can tackle the systemic barriers to opportunity in Florida, one zip code at a time. Be sure to subscribe for future content. Mm -hmm.